Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. You were born to be hockey players. Every one of you. And you were meant to be here tonight. This is your time. Their time is done. It's over. Screw them. This is your time. Now go out there and take it. Hello, Boston Bruins fans. I'm Kurt Schmid, and you're listening to Believe in Boston Bruins on the Believe Podcast Network. We believe in Boston Bruins. Do you believe? On this week's episode, Tuka Rask leaves the bubble, and the Bruins are up 2-1 in their series with the Carolina Hurricanes. If you enjoy this show, please subscribe and rate the show on iTunes. We're available on all your favorite directories, iTunes, Spotify, Google Play, Stitcher, Luminary, and TuneIn. And you can find us at Believe.com and at Believe Podcasts. The big news out of Toronto is that Tuka Rask has opted out of the NHL's return to play. Screw you guys, I'm going home. In a statement from Tuka Rask, I want to be with my teammates competing, but at this moment there are more things important than hockey in my life, and that's being with my family. I want to thank the Bruins and my teammates for their support and wish them success. Now, I knew something was wrong listening to his interview after Game 2 on Thursday night. Now, in that interview, he said he wasn't, he said the game wasn't the same without the fans, and it was like playing exhibition games, and his heart wasn't in the game. All right, I understand that, and I wouldn't be surprised if all the players felt like this. I mean, even even watching some of the games on TV, it doesn't have that playoff atmosphere, so I can, I can imagine. I can imagine what it what it's like inside the arena. So I I don't blame him. You know, it's not the same. It's not the same for, it's probably not the fan, same for the fans sitting at home. But he obviously didn't want to be here or be there and should have never have entered the bubble from the start. I mean, he should have just said from the very beginning, once every all this was was said and done, you know, once they once they agreed to do this whole entire tournament playoff return to play thing, what they should have done, what he should have done was either show up for camp, you know, maybe like the first couple of days of camp, and said, you know what, this isn't for me, I don't want to do it, you know what, and then I think everybody would be fine with it. Um, but. He shows up in Toronto, and maybe he got there and tried, but realized his heart wasn't really into it, and that his family was more important to him. That was that was probably the reason. He probably came in 
and said to himself, you know, probably played those first round robin games and the first two games of this Carolina series and finally decided, you know what, this is this doesn't feel right. Maybe maybe I should just go home. And that's what he did. He went home. I don't know if he went back to Boston or he went back over to Finland. I don't know. You know, and you got to think, maybe there's something personal going on that Tuca doesn't want to share at this time. I mean, maybe maybe there is a family crisis going on. You know, maybe, maybe he just his wife just had a baby a couple months ago. Maybe he wants to be home with his with his newborn child. I don't know. But he's done this before. He left the team. I believe it was 2 years ago, 2 seasons ago, the beginning of the season. He got off to a little he got off to a slow start and he took some time off. He came back and he was he was he was awesome. So maybe maybe there's maybe maybe there's more than more than we know with him. You know, maybe maybe he's not right in the head. We don't know. Well, he is a goaltender, so a lot of goaltenders have screw looses that made him play that position, but still you know, he's left the team before, so maybe maybe there is some type of psychological thing going on with him. So we we really don't know. But it was still a huge shock to me when I saw it on Twitter on Saturday. I just couldn't believe it. And I'm like, well, what are they gonna do? I I hope he comes back. You know, I know people are on are on his case that he's a quitter, that you know, he um you know, he, he's a choker in the playoffs and stuff like that. And I'm like, no, he's not a choker in the playoffs because he's he's basically took you to the finals twice, okay? he t- He's taken you to the finals twice, all right? And you really can't blame him. It's like the, maybe the, 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 the whole entire team just basically ran out of gas. And even last year during the run to the Stanley Cup finals against St. Louis, he carried this team. He carried this team, and a lot of you are still crapping on him. It's not your fault. Because they lost in Game 7. The team ran out of, the team basically ran out of gas. And you got to think of the poor guy's future now. I mean, he has one season remaining on his contract and can become an unrestricted free agent at the end of next season. So my guess is that he comes back for next year and then retires. Either that or he signs with another team. Maybe he goes on and signs with uh, Seattle, the expansion team. So who knows? But I want to see him at least fin- finish out his career in Boston. You can boo him all you want when he's, you know, when he takes the ice. If you want to boo him all you want, go right ahead. But to me, he's the best goal- he is the best goaltender in franchise history. Okay. And I wouldn't be too surprised if someday we see number 40 hanging from the rafters. It, it, it may just well happen here, okay? It might just happen. And like I said, can the Bruins win? You know, he backstopped this, this Bruins team to two Stanley Cup finals, no cup. You know, you can't blame him. The team, you know, it, it was a team effort, all right? There's no I in team, and you can't fault him for losing those two Stanley Cups. You really can't. Okay? You really can't. He he was the backup to Tim Thomas. Timber! When they won the Cup in 2011. All right? So basically everybody's saying Tim Tom, you know, well, he wasn't the goalie when the Bruins won the Stanley Cup. It was Tim Thomas. Okay. Sure. Tim Thomas Tim Thomas was part of the reason why they won the Cup. Okay? And in twenty the twenty ten playoffs, you know, Tuka Rask was, I believe he was a rookie. That was his rookie season. 
um, the whole team choked at that point. You know, David Krejci went down with an injury, and basically they blew a 3-0 series lead to the Flyers. So basically, you can't fault him for that too. But a lot of them, a lot of people do. They they actually, you know, blame him for that. You know, and it's like, oh yeah, what are we gonna do? Oh, you know, we lost this game. Yeah, let's blame the goaltender. Oh no, you can't blame the goaltender because it's the, the whole entire team is to blame here. There's no I in team, but there's an M and an E. There's an M and an and an E. That's me. Little joke there. But here's the thing. Is Halak good a good enough goaltender to take the Bruins to um to backs to take the Bruins to the cup finals in this in this new normal hockey tournament thing? I don't know. He hasn't really played he hasn't really started in a in a playoff series since I believe 2015. So who knows what happens there? And is he the goalie of the future of this team for now? Maybe he is, but he's also on a one. He also has one year left on his contract, so the goaltending situation is gonna be is gonna be a little bit up in the air, Bruins fans. So who knows what might happen? You might, you know, you're gonna you might lose Rask either to free agency or to retirement. Who knows what happens to Halak? You know, we don't know what's gonna happen in the next two years. You know, this team is getting older, and you know there are some young studs coming in. There's some really good young players, but you know, you we wonder what's going to happen with the goaltending situation. Now, Halak stopped 29 shots to help Boston beat Carolina three to one in Game Three and get two one series lead in their first round series. Other than that little mistake he had, handing the um, passing the or I would say passing the puck to Nito Nita Ryder of Carolina for that one goal, he looked pretty sharp. He looked really good in goal, and I I have a feeling he he just might actually do some you know help this team advance to the advance in the playoffs. Now the bees actually played like President's Trophy winners in games one and three. You know we didn't get the round robin Bruins. We didn't get those guys. We didn't get the guys who like were taking it really softly and everything else. We actually got the President's Trophy Bruins. The second and third lines are showing a lot of chemistry out there. I mean, it's awesome. Especially that second line of DeBrusque, Krejci, and Kasha. They they have played well in all three games. Kasha has had a lot of scoring opportunities. I mean, the guy, he's like, you know, where were you? You know, I admit, you know, I know he sat out a couple of games when he first got here in March at the trade deadline because he was injured, but Where'd this guy come from? Krejci's having the best postseason of it. It looks like he's having the best co- postseason of his career. So I, I'm amazed at what's going on. You know, maybe maybe these guys, you know, they're finally going to support that number one line. And speaking of that number one line, Pasternak is um, kind of 50-50 for game four tonight. If Pasternak is in the lineup, they have a big decision to make at the f- first uh, line right wing. I can't see them going back to Bjork. I mean, the kid is good and everything, but I and I don't see um, Bruce breaking up DeBrusque, Krejci, and Kasha. Bjork is a third liner. Anything above that at this point is asking a little bit too much of him. So I think he's good as a third liner with, um, with Coyle. 
I really do. There, there, there's a little bit of chemistry with Bjork and Coyle. Uh, maybe St- uh, Jack Stanika or Kuhlman, Kuhlman will be on the first line tonight. We don't know. Um, I would probably give Stanika a shot at the number one line. I mean, he looked good in game three, and I believe he also played with Coyle. I believe he played with Coyle, so... So Charlie Coyle is going to be a he's pretty is going to be a pretty good centerman with between with with um with Bjork and Stanika on the wings. They look pretty they they looked pretty good. As far as um looking at the stats go tonight for uh up till now, uh Brad Marchand leads the team in goals with 2. He's tied with three other players, uh Krejci, Coyle, and Wagner also have two goals. Uh, Marshawn is tied in assists with on the team with David Krejci, and he's also tied with David Krejci on on six point with six total points. Now Charlie McAvoy, his his time on ice is averaging twenty four minutes and nineteen seconds, so that's pretty good. And it's and it's good to see that because we all know that Chara is getting up there in age, so basically Chara is um getting a lot and lot less ice time and Charlie McAvoy is getting more ice time. Uh, I just want to check a little bit more of the stats here to make sure I'm correct here. Let's just check the stats here. Okay. I really want to ch- I really want to check these stats out to make sure I'm really right on these. So we'll we'll take a look and see what these what's going on as far as the Bruins go. All right, Brad Marchand, David Krejci, Charlie McAvoy, Patrice Bergeron. Oh wait a minute, wrong, wrong, wrong column here. All right, Brad Marchand and David Krejci lead the team in goals with with six uh, lead the team in points with six points apiece. They each have two goals and four, and each player has two goals and four assists. Chris Wagner and Charlie Coyle, I was right, each have two goals. Also, you can have a goal in there for Charlie McAvoy. Bergeron has one in there, and that was the game winner on Tuesday. Sean Corrali has one. Pasternak has one. And also, Jake DeBrusque also has one. So the guys are putting the puck. It looks like the guys are putting the puck in the net during this series. So... You know, hopefully we'll get a little bit more more out of them as the series goes along. But you know, things are really looking up for these guys now. Now they're starting to get. It looks like the those round robin games were just to get their legs underneath them and skating and everything else. Now they're fine. Now that the games are finally here, they're actually playing like the president's president's uh, trophy team. Um. So that's that's really good for this team to get it going right now. And I'm really looking forward to seeing what else they can do tonight in Game 4. Now, Game 5 will be on Wednesday night. There's no time for that. Game 6, if necessary, will be on Thursday. And Game 7, if necessary, will be on Sunday. So there's your there's your Bruins looking right now. And there's more news coming out of the uh, NHL bubble in Toronto. Uh, former Bruins coach Claude Julien was uh, is resting at home in his home in Montreal after experiencing chest pains last week. He had surgery Thursday afternoon and doctors say he will make a full recovery. Now here's the thing. Does this mean that there might be a change coming in, in Montreal? Could there be a coaching change? I don't know. Does Claude step, step down? 
That's that's another idea. You know, does he step down because of health reasons? That's going to be an interesting thing over this summer. What's going to happen in Montreal? Is Claude going to come back and or is he going to just step down and make room for another for another coach? And you wonder who they're going to go with a, who who the who the coach is going to be. Because nor usually the big big argument in Montreal is usually the the head coach has to speak French. I don't understand why, but he does. The Islanders have a 3-0 series lead over the Capitals. I'm not surprised by this. Early in the regular season, the Islanders were one of the top teams in the East, and injuries hurt them late in the season, but they're finally healthy, and now they look like serious contenders. I mean, you have all... all, Damn Russians. Damn Russian names. I can't get over it. You know, you have Valmar... Valma, whatever. You have the goaltender in there. You have a lot of young talent over there. So they look they look like serious contenders. I mean, they looked really good against Washington. Then again, Washington doesn't know what the hell they're doing. So who knows? Now, last Monday was the um, the the second coming of the of this year's draft or whatever the second round or whatever the hell you want to call it, and the Rangers, the New York Rangers. The team I can't stand were awarded the first overall pick. Now, I, I, this made me think a little bit about how things went down with them and the care in the in their little um, Carolina series, and I was wondering why they were so soft against Carolina. You know, it kind of makes you think: why were they? Why are they so soft against the Carolina Hurricanes? I mean, here I know Carolina's got a lot of talent. They're showing it against the Bruins, a, a tough team against the, uh, like the Bruins. But you know, it's almost like the team, almost like the Rangers, almost like just sat back. I mean, they started Hen- Hendrick Lundqvist in goal when they could have started one of their top young rookies. And if they would have started their top one of the one of their rookies, then I have a feeling that they probably would have won the series. Of course, then again, the team didn't show up in front of them, so who knows? Who knows what would have happened? But to me, I think it's kind of weird that the you know the Rangers were the first team to get eliminated, and all of a sudden they they win the you know Gary Bettman says their name after winning the first round pick. Now, I was never a fan of the lottery draft, and this year made it more of a joke. I mean, the qualifying teams should have never had that opportunity for the number one pick. That pick either belongs to Detroit, um, Ottawa, who else? Uh, L.A., you know, New Jersey, any of those teams, you know, should have gotten that pick, all right, you know, using the lottery. But you know what? Technically, I think that pick really belongs to Detroit, who are now picking at fourth overall. It's It's kind of sad that the NHL had to do this, you know? Yeah, I, I know a lot of you are probably south there. Well, you hate the Rangers and stuff like that. Yeah, I do hate the Rangers. Can't stand them. Maybe one day I'll get into the real story of why I hate them. But right now, or no, why I can't really. Yeah, I hate them. Yeah, whatever. Um, you know, this to me, this was to me, this was a this was a joke. This was not not be even even if Toronto or Edmonton or Pittsburgh or. Uh, Toronto. Even if they got the pick, I would still, I would still think this was a joke. 
this was a complete joke this year. I mean, I know things aren't aren't normal this year, but still, it was a joke. It was a it was it was a big time. It 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 was a disaster. The picks the that pick should belong to Detroit. I don't care. That pick should Detroit had the better chance at winning it, and they don't. That that's really screwed up. I mean, even going back, I mean, going way back. I mean, I've been watching the sport for about forty years now. So the NHL should have just stayed with the format where the team with the worst record gets the number one pick. That's only fair. The only reason why they went with the lottery a bunch of years ago, can't even remember when, it was so long ago, you know, the only the only reason why they went that route was because the because the because they felt that the 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 worst team in the league was tanking the season. Well, you know what? Maybe they are. Maybe they're trying to get those better picks so they can actually be a contender. But the NHL decides, oh, no, we're going to play games like this. We're going to play games, and we're just going to, you know, we're going to have lottery picks, and we're going to do this and that. You know, to me, it wasn't fair. It wasn't fair. I don't like it, but, hey, the Rangers are going to get the number one the number one pick. And between all the young, talented players on the Rangers, the Islanders, and even the Devils, New York is going to be a hockey crazy city for the next couple of winters. You know, it's you 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 can't rule out any of these teams being real Stanley Cup contenders in the next few years. I mean, you got you know, not only are the Rangers going to have this first pick, they had the second pick from last year. You know, they're going to have they have two young rookie goaltenders that are really good. I mean, we're going to actually have a really good goaltending rivalry between two Russians. The Rangers are going to have Igor Shesterkin. And the Islanders are going to have Ilya Sorkin. I mean, it's going to be... New York is going to be like the center. It's going to be like the hockey center for the NHL now because you have these three teams in this... You know, I'm still saying three teams because we don't know what the Devils are going to do, but the Devils could probably turn things around also. So who knows what's going to happen, but you know what? New York is going to be the hockey hotbed for a while. And speaking of goaltend, you know goaltenders here, you know, you, you know, you, the Rangers have are going to have Sisterkin, the Islanders are going to have Sorkin. You know, you got Carter Hart in in Philly. You know, the goaltenders going to be a lot of goaltending talent in the Eastern Conference. And what are the Bruins going to do? You got to figure that one out. You know, you're going to have Rask. We don't know what Rask's situation is. Is he going to be gone? Is he going to announce his retirement in a couple of weeks? Or is he going to play out his contract with the Bruins next season? You know, what happens with Yaroslav Halak? We don't know what's going to happen to him. You know, but the goalie's future is Dan Vladar, or Vladar, who is who is currently backing up uh, Halak in, in, in Toronto. We have Kyle Kieser, or Kaiser, who's been, who, um, who's been playing in Providence. And we also have Jeremy Swayman, who's, who, had an, who had an awesome career at Maine. And what a lot of people are saying is that Vladar and, and Swayman are going to be the future goaltenders of this team. And I wouldn't deny that. I mean, I've seen Vladar play with the uh, Providence Bruins, and he's, he's been spectacular. I've seen Jeremy Swayman play for, for Maine. He's good too. So who knows? Maybe maybe they find maybe they have some hidden talent with with two out of these three kids. I don't know what Kaiser or Kyle Kaiser or Kaiser. I think it's Kaiser. Kyle Kaiser. You know, I don't know what he can do yet. He did back, play in Providence, and I believe he split time between their ECHL affiliate too. 
So goaltending, you know, the goaltending is going to be a big thing here for the Bruins in the next couple of years. With with we don't know the situation with Rask. Halak has also has one year left on his deal, so we don't know. You know, they could decide. You know what? We're going to do like the Rangers did and go and go completely. You know, rookie a rookie t- goaltending tandem. So who knows? But it's gonna it's gonna be a fun time to be a a goalie a fan of goaltenders in the next couple of years because I can tell you right now that I'm really looking forward to even though I'm not even though I'm a Bruins fan. I'm also a hockey fan, but I can't wait to see those matchups between Shesterkin and Sorkin when the Islanders and the Rangers play in Belmont in that new arena. So, you know, goaltending, the goaltending future in the NHL looks awesome, and I can't wait to see that happen. If you have any, if you have a question for me, you can tweet me at HockeyNASCAR413, or you can go to my Believe in Boston Bruins Facebook page. This show is available on all your favorite streaming platforms. Spotify, Google Play, Stitcher, Luminary, and TuneIn. And if you like the show, please subscribe and rate the show on iTunes. If You can also find us at Believe.com and at Believe Podcasts. And if you're interested in advertising on this show, please contact Believe at Believe.com. Thanks for listening, have a great week, and go Bruins! Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you, with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.